We are here in Santa Barbara, coming to you live-ish. Um, you'll hear the recording on Spotify. We are live on Instagram. we got a bunch of shit going on here. So we want to update you on our lives as it is now. Um, we've officially begun our journey in our travels. We have literally left our home base of the Bay Area after having lived in our trailer there for precisely a year. Yeah, we were parked in front of family's house in San Jose on the curb in front of the house, doing the renovation, minimizing, getting rid of stuff, downsizing, transitioning lifestyles. And then we decided, okay, we thought we were going to leave the area. First it was April. First it was April. (laughs) Then we decided July. April 2021, then July 2021, and then all the way out to... October. October. Basically, when we decided... Near, we were getting close to Ju- to July, and the reality of moving the trailer became just like more real, and that was going to directly affect the way that we operated our businesses. And there were a couple like critical things breaking on the trailer, like we had some like leaking oh, black had, like, plumbing stuff. Yeah, we had sewage leaking out onto the street, and we <laughs> had uh, we had to redo the roof. Uh, layer for waterproofing like there were some big projects that needed to be done and we were not extremely proficient at getting those done quickly because we were kind of living right there was no rush for a couple of these things i mean the sewage on the street was a pretty big we we got to that pretty quick but ashley got to that pretty quick i got i fixed it i did (laughs) literally picked up our shit yeah she'll have a youtube video on that um And, I mean, the main purpose of this particular podcast today is to share with you, wow, okay, we've left. How was the last week or two before leaving and then actually doing the leaving process and then what it's been like for us here in Santa Barbara for just the last six days or so? Yeah. So, Ashley, what was the last two weeks before leaving like for you? Well, before I answer your question, I am going to take an extra step back for a little more context. What I was saying is that in July, we wanted to leave. And then we decided uh, when that when we got close to that date, like the reality hit us and we were like, okay, for all these reasons, we're not prepared. Let's give ourselves a little bit more time. Let's leave home base in October. But if we're going to do that, let's start moving the RV around locally through local RV parks so that we're like close to family, close to like resources. If anything goes wrong, we can just kind of get used to what it's like moving the trailer, Mm -hmm. um, but not necessarily leave quite yet. And part of the reason for staying a little bit longer was because, again, like I said, that reality hit us hard. And part of what we wanted to do in those 10 months parked in San Jose was to not only like renovate and downsize and all that stuff, but also transition our businesses. And when we got close to July, we were like, we're not really ready to like. And what this means is neither of us were feeling financially secure whatsoever. Yeah. And like, it's important for us to be vulnerable and say like, we're still not like a lot of people. We're still not. 
a lot of people will say like don't go and do these big crazy things until you have x amount of months of savings in your bank account and like yeah that would be great but also sometimes that's just a speed bump that you're or a roadblock that you're putting in your own way and if you want to something that i've been saying lately is like if you want to live an extraordinary life you need to do extraordinary things so basically we decided let's give ourselves a little bit more time where we can really focus on preparing our businesses and like mentally prepare to be able to make money on the road um and so yes we've been traveling with the trailer in home base which is the san francisco bay area for two months Mm-hmm. And we were in Morgan Hill, which is, you know, 20 to 30 minutes south of San Jose, which is where we started. And then we were up in Lake Comanche area for a week. And then we came back down to Morgan Hill, which was like our kind of home base slash outside of home base RV practice area. And then we were up in Pacifica for a week, which is just south of San Francisco on the water. And basically every time that we've moved the trailer, something has like been damaged so when when we were moving the trailer oh god yeah when we were going down to, to morgan hill after comanche the paneling flew off the side it didn't like totally fall... flow it didn't like come all the way off onto the road but it like flailed and started like flailing in the wind listen people i was flying a fucking kite called a, a fifth wheel trailer <laughs> like i was driving the trailer by myself ashley was not close by and i'm on highway 101 going south and all of a sudden i look you know, at my rear view, me- rear, rear view mirror on the right side, and the wall of the trailer is peeling off and flailing off the side. Like a good four foot section of paneling was flying off. And if I would have kept going, you know, there's a window there that could have been pulled off. It could have pulled like, you know, a good could've 10 hit to cars 15. coming by. Yeah, I mean, and then insulation is falling out of our wall. Like <laughs> the, the insulation to our bedroom was flying out of the wall yeah um so basically we pulled over over. and gorilla tape for the win like we had like an an inch thick black gorilla tape and uh, if you go to the instagram stories and you go a couple stories back you'll see like photos of um how we kind of like frankensteined the aluminum paneling but that wasn't good enough for thousand trails because thousand trails has a um policy air quotes that you have to essentially have your rig be looking suitable enough to be a part of their system, which means if it lo- if your rig looks like shit, you're not welcome there in some way. So we actually got spoken to by a manager of uh, the Morgan Hill RV Park saying pretty much we need to know that you're trying to fix up your shit because it doesn't look very good. They just said you can't have visible exterior damage, which is hilarious because in that same trip I saw an RV leaving with like... Pan like wood like paneled uh back window like a back window had been totally smashed open and oh, they had yeah. like wood pieces. So anyways, whatever. They just they so, caught us. So we put white gorilla tape over it later yeah. on to so you couldn't really tell that it was damaged. And obviously that's a temporary fix so that the paneling doesn't fly off and it's been helping. And since then an, an additional temporary fix is literally just um screws with silicone and going like screwing the paneling into like the wood uh, structure in the wall so that it was a little bit more stable because the the tape was holding the paneling on but when we were driving it was the it was catching wind and the paneling was kind of bubbling out oh on both sides so we put some screw in obviously we know that this is temporary like and for like water in terms of like water and raining it's going to be an issue so we need to like obviously permanently replace the exterior paneling but luckily we are in California where 
Fortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, we're basically in a permanent drought and we're going especially into Southern California. So mm-hmm. there's not like a, a big rainy season. And so we've got a little bit more time. But anyways, the point is every time we move the trailer, something breaks. So that was kind of a big significant thing. Uh, that yeah. broke that we've been dealing with and the lesson there is like you just you just have to expect that when you're moving your home on wheels especially something that's 20 years old um, that things are just going to break and you just kind of have to go with it and just kind of accept it it's a big life lesson I want to know from the people that have a new trailer if they experience damage I think they do and actually something that I've read and I've, and I've heard from people is that sometimes the new trailers, like you also have to just expect that within the first couple trips, you're going to go back to the dealership because... Oh, really? Yeah, like it's, th- like it's a new trailer, so sometimes things will just like fly off and like it just is fresh out of the manufacturing, so sometimes I, things aren't I think great. the main takeaway here is homes are not supposed to move on wheels. Oh, my God. Houses are meant okay. to stay still. Thank you. Yes. Well, anyways, so Pacifica. <laughs> How is Pacifica? <laughs> Pacifica was pretty dope in that it was on the water and that we could walk to the water. Pacifica was not dope because it was on the water and we could walk to the water. Pause. What? I just said the same thing on purpose. Huh? Meaning it's beautiful being on the water near the ocean, but it's also, you know, really cold and windy and wet. So, you know, the the pluses to being there was also was also a big part of the minuses. Although just being there for nine days, I think we were, it was overall a positive experience. Um, uh, that was the first time that we experienced a parking lot type situation with the RV park. Yeah, so, all the spaces were like it was literally just a pavement. It and- was all it was a parking lot pretty much. Yeah, all the spaces were, like, super close to each other. Um, so there wasn't, like, our door literally opened right into, like, our neighbor's door. and the, Yeah, it was really close proximity. And, like, even though, like, the RV park itself was literally just a parking lot, it was beautiful because it literally, like, was on the edge of the cliff, like, looking over the ocean. So yeah, it was really pretty. Yeah, we could pretty. see the ocean from our However, RV. then on that side, it because we were right on the ocean, it was also super windy. So our trailer, some of the nights, was, like, literally rocking back and forth some of the, some of the first couple nights mm-hmm. um so that was sketch there were other cool things i mean we had a hot tub at the rv park so that was rad and we met um it was one of the really first cool times people. that we actually met some of our neighbors like some friendly neighbor neighbors tom and kelly tom shout and out kelly. to tom and kelly yeah two-way lane or something two-lane living two-lane living at, yeah there's our there's our friends two-lane living they're also <laughs> living the nomadic life yeah with let's just say a slightly um, upgraded rig from what ours they like. they they're in their um, retirement stage and they sold their home to buy a very beautiful um, fifth wheel toy it hauler probably doesn't fall apart when they drive it um, and anyway we got to tour theirs that was really cool so anyway but RV park let's get to the drama yeah. with that so Ashley and I this was like maybe two days after we had gotten to the Pacifica RV Park, we went to visit a friend. (laughs) We went to visit a friend uh, who lived in Santa Cruz, Aptos more specifically, which is quite far from... An hour. It's a bit longer than an hour from Pacifica. And um, as we're pulling into her parking lot, we get a phone call from the manager of the RV Park. And Ashley answers the phone. And the gentleman proceeds to tell us that we have a leak of propane coming from our trailer. And there's been several complaints about the smell of propane coming from our trailer. 
At which point he said or invited us to come back as soon as possible and turn the propane off. And it's less of a complaint and more of a concern. Like, you don't want to be smelling propane. It's obviously a little bit of a concern. Yeah, I so mean, propane is We're not, a, like, naive. We don't... It's not just a, someone's annoyed about it. Like, we know that yeah, that's it's not good. It, it was, I mean, it's dangerous. We, we get it. And uh, we, we then shared with him that we're at least an hour and a half away. And um, it's not easy for us to get back to where you are, where the trailer is right now. Is there any chance that you could help us out and turn off the propane? And essentially, due to protocol and laws and reasons that he had, he said, no, he can't help us. I know you're trying to be nice, but let me just say my like my part of the story. And Tyler's not going to Tyler doesn't like this aspect, but I was on the phone with him. And he said he said, like, um, I, I asked, I said, we're far away. Would you mind? Like that, the compartment to the propane tanks is unlocked. If you could just turn the propane tanks off, that would be great. And he said his response was, you know, you're responsible for your trailer and I'm not allowed to touch your trailer. And I'm like, okay, well, I understand. But in situations like this where people are far away and obviously I understand it's a concern, he just kind of kept repeating himself that, you know, we're responsible for our trailer. And at some point he said to me, he's like, so what I'm hearing you say is that you don't want to be responsible for your trailer. And that super triggered me. I, I immediately was like, don't put words in my mouth because I absolutely didn't say that. What I'm doing is asking follow-up questions to get clarity on what is possible here and what isn't. And it's sounding like you're not able to help. So what do we do? Um, he said he would talk to his manager, but it's probably not going to work. He called back and said he has to call 911 to get the fire department to come. Yeah. Tyler thinks that because of the way I responded on the phone call that I triggered him so much that he just got so upset and wanted to call 911. I think that that was going to be the protocol either way, because if we're not close by and he's le- legally as the park manager not allowed to touch the trailer, then that's just naturally what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to call 911. So we were able to get in touch with the Pacifica Fire Department to say, hey, we're far away. We just want to make sure like worst case scenario doesn't happen, which is you're going to tow our trailer and we've got cats in there. Don't take our cats and trailer. So we confirmed that that wasn't going to happen. And they called back and just confirmed that the fire department was able to just turn off the propane, which thankfully we leave that compartment unlocked. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it was really honestly very quick, harmless thing. Like they went there and turned it off and it was all good. The, the RV park manager ended up calling us shortly after saying, and he was actually pretty amicable in that call towards me, that, <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, it had all been sorted out and, you know, no big deal, no, no fines, fees, or problems, actually. So thank you to the Pacifica Fire Department and to the San Francisco RV Resort for not finding us <laughs> or yeah. towing our trailer away. Yeah, we didn't get towed or fined, but it was like a, it's a, another it thing. It was super like stressful, though, because we were like far away and we were at our friend's house. We had just showed up and it, it had the strong possibility of ruining our evening. And luckily for all of us, it did not ruin our evening. But it, yeah, that's just like an example of the craziness that can happen, especially, yeah, when you're far away. But okay, let's talk more about the final weeks in regards to like tying up loose ends and like parting ways with family. Yeah, I'll say for me um with the very last week it was a, it was a mad madhouse like trying to oh man, tie up everything with clients for me in sorting out um a a really good and efficient um online scheduling process for people to schedule 
sessions with me and be really organized that way because my whole business was transitioning to being completely online. I had a client recommend Calendly to me and I did that and that's been super helpful and all my clients are scheduling things online and it's really nice because it, it integrates Zoom with that. So tying that up with clients and really saying goodbye to my business as I've known it for a really long time was hard. Saying goodbye to and when I say goodbye, I mean like, you know, our, our relationship is shifting. It's not going to look like it has for a long time, but I'm still in your life, just more so virtually. That was difficult. There are certain people that, you know, I, I love and I appreciate so dearly for having worked with me and, and being really my friend in my business, in my life for a really long time. Um, and that's just referring to business. Obviously, there's friends and there's family we'll get to. For people that don't know you and what you do, you are a personal trainer and a holistic coach. But in terms of your personal training, that is very much an in-person session. Like for almost a decade, you've been operating like in person with your clients up until COVID, which, you know, half your clients migrated to Zoom and the other half because of COVID, everyone's just like a little bit more accepting of, of doing work that way. Yeah, COVID definitely helped with that. Yeah. And um, so anyway, personal trainer. Yeah, but there were definitely like questions. Um, nobody likes conflict, right? So, you know, when I'm asking to see if if clients are willing to work with me virtually on the road, there's some ambiguity. <laughs> like uh, up until the week that I was leaving, there are certain people I really wasn't, weren't sure were going to continue on working with me. So there was a big question up in the air with really how much income I was going to have. And, you know, I, there were clients that parted ways with me. And that's okay. I understand. A lot of people don't want to work virtually. Um, I'm much, you know, more attractive and fun in person. I get it. <laughs> you don't really <laughs> so, want to work virtually either. I don't prefer it's... to work virtually. Yeah. I, I love being with people. I love, yeah, I love being in person with people. Um, and I hope to find ways to do that on the road as well. So business-wise, Tyler yeah. definitely experienced the biggest shift because for me, I have a small handmade business. I sell online. I sell wholesale online. You know, I, I'm already doing half of my business online. The biggest shift is like in-person pop-ups. Like if I travel, I'm, I'm kind of unfamiliar about what the opportunities are. Um, but I was also experiencing a shift where I, I was trying to get into some more service-based aspects, which I've uh, started. Um, and then we are also obviously trying to grow journey doses through the podcast, the YouTube channel, which is still in the works, you know, our social pages. And like that's yeah. that's definitely like a long term consist like requires a lot of consistency long term to to grow that. But that's a whole another aspect of basically we're trying to like diversify our income. And there's not a chance in hell we were going to do a ro- podcast recording that week as we were leaving. Like there was no. just no time um, we were trying to fit in. Uh, you know, seeing friends and people that we wanted to see one more time before we left. Not only that, it was my mom and dad's birthday that week. <laughs> and so it was my mom's birthday on the Sunday previous, my dad's birthday on the Friday, before the leaving. day before we were leaving. So yeah, there were a lot of things going on there. Um, but as far as like anything else like practical that we had to tie up with the trailer that week, No, no. I just want to talk about the family aspect. Mm -hmm. So for me, I have always grown up living far away from family. When I when I I spent most of my life in the Bay Area, but I have lived other places, born somewhere else as well. So when I grew up in the Bay Area, I had my grandparents and extended family on the other side of the country. So I was very used to like traveling to see family. And then when I went to college, so like the the 
like 90% of my adult life, my parents lived on the other side of the country from me. So I'm super used to being far away from family and, um, like it doesn't affect me as much to be far away, but Tyler is born and raised in the Bay area. You did leave for a year for college. Um, but besides that, you've been here the whole time and your entire family's here. Like my family's always been spread out. We're all understanding of like being far away. So like my parents now do live close, um, to the Bay area again, but it's not as, I mean, it's a little sad for them, but like, we're all used to it. We're used to being far away. So I don't, I don't feel any guilt or like sadness so much that they wouldn't want me to leave. Um, so, and even with your family, like it is sad. Um, but it's, it's, it's easier for me to wrap my head around. So like, what was your experience? Yeah. Um, I've only left my family for a significant amount of time. Well, a couple times in, in like going off to college was the first big one where I, I first spent a lot of time away from my family and my entire family drove up with me to Oregon to drop me off. And the day they left, literally everybody is like crying. And like, we're all having a really, really hard time saying goodbye to each other. And that night when they had left, I literally cried for like a couple hours in my dorm room, in my bed. Like I was so thankful that I didn't have a roommate yet because I was just like, weeping in my bed and it's it's crazy to reflect on and i i know what this is this is certainly um fear of abandonment and attachment uh, i'd say anxious attachment style things you know especially towards mom and the motherly and, and family roles so saying goodbye and being very attached to my family was very difficult then and it was very difficult this time this time i'd been practiced i've done a lot of work on myself and you know my family ties and lineage and things like this so I had an understanding going into it that there's emotion I've experienced this before and we had been with my family close we had been spending a lot of time with them we were obviously living in front of their house for a long time I think being there for so long and knowing that this was going to happen and having plans to have left earlier before like we had postponed it and postponed it we were in some way preparing for that for a long time. Like there was some emotional integration happening this whole time. My family, especially my mom, had time to chew on this. We all had time to to chew on this to be more prepared to do it. However, like you and I are going, we're the ones leaving to do something fun and exciting. The other the other side of the coin, the family that are that's still at home base, like they're just still at home base and they're doing their own stuff. But like, we're the ones that are like going to be distracted by all the fun travels. And so, yes, it's sad, but it's, it's different. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like there's a part of me that feels like I'm abandoning my family. And that makes me sad because I don't want anybody in my family to feel like I'm forgetting them. I don't want anybody in my family to feel like I'm abandoning them or never coming back to them. And it's just important for me to live my life and experience my adventure and my truth. And right now, this time of my life, Ashley and I have chosen to experience the United States in this nomadic nature. And that's what we're going to do. And I, and I, I recognize the shame or guilt that I feel for leaving my family behind. But this is my choice. And this is this is the path that I'm going to take. And, um, 
just like any other difficult lesson, it's going to bring me into a more whole and complete version of myself, them as well, if they decide to see it that way. Mm-hmm. And there will be something that will will come of this of value for sure. I just think it's so interesting and exciting that you and I can share totally opposite ends of the spectrum in that sense. Just yeah. like how like... Ashley's like... Oh, yeah, let's it's, do it. It's all, it's all good. It's not to come from a place of, like, not, <laughs> not being able to, like, sympathize with, like, how sad it is for your family for, or for you, for you guys to leave and to have this change. But, like, I just didn't grow up that way. I didn't grow up with my family right around the corner. And I can see the yeah. positives of both. But it's just interesting that through, like, our story, we can tell both sides. Um, and interesting to hear you kind of express, like, this part of you that may feel guilty. Um, but... Yeah, I mean... Um... Like, I grew up pretty much at my grandma's house. Like, when my parents would go to work, I would go to my grandma's house. Or if they were doing anything, I was with my grandparents. And at my grandparents' house, it was like this collective home where there's uncles and aunts and family friends. And everybody always converged at this house. So really that house and, like, the family environment there is really what I'm attached to. And, um... Yeah, I mean, I, I've just never spent a significant amount of time away from, from that place. So saying goodbye to that is, has been – and I think I think my body even recognizes that I'm kind of moving away from that because I've experienced some difficult emotional and physical uh, things just in this last week having, having left my family and left, having left home base. Yeah, it's definitely scary. I mean, change – is super uncomfortable and super scary and like you and I are in a constant state of change now because we have plans to literally move our trailer every three weeks so yeah, there's not a ton change of stability is, and, cha- and change for your family is scary too but like as as easy as it is to say and hard as it is for a lot of people to understand or to accept change is uncomfortable but change opens up so many new doors and you know if you and I we you and I do not necessarily have plans to travel the country and then go back to live in the bay area like there's no. a possibility that after we travel the country there's a part of california where we decide you know what we want to go back to california but it's going to be whatever santa barbara like where we are now um if if in fact that you and I can't agree or don't dis- don't like any other part of the country which i'm there's good and bad about every place in my opinion, um, yeah. We're, so we're, it wasn't but, like we were leaving and we were planning on coming no, back yeah. So I'm trying to same thing, trying like, to clarify that like yeah. we're not planning necessarily to like permanently go back at any point. So that adds to the sadness that you and your family are feeling. Um, mm-hmm. But just for for a storyline for like or a purpose that I think the listeners in general could relate to is this idea of change. Like change is super scary and uncomfortable. And for anyone who's considering moving in any manner like you can move and then you can move back like you can you're never going to know what you like what you resonate with if if you don't try it and one of the things to try is potentially living somewhere else what how does that like in one way or another you're going to learn something about yourself and one thing that you might learn is potentially how valuable and important it is for you to be close to family or if you're leaving california how important it is for you to live on the coast whatever for Mm -hmm. whatever reason you're never going to know how valuable that is to you until you don't have it anymore and people always like to say like oh when you leave california it's so hard to come back because of the cost of living like i understand that but 
if you've lived here before, you know what it takes, you know how things work, and you just come back and you get a job. (laughs) And there's always a way. Like, are you going to be able to come back and buy a, get a studio apartment to live on your own or buy a house? Maybe not, but you can always come back and for six months have some roommates and have like a shared, you know, home experience and like, and in that manner, it's a lot easier to move back. So there's always a way. There's always a way. Um, totally. And so anyways, I want to kind of broaden it as a message for anyone who could relate and uh, benefit from that. Yeah. If, if, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's part of our whole journey. If, if you're on the fence about really living whatever your life is, whatever you want your life to look like, if it's traveling or doing something that's straying away from family or family ties or ideals, Stepping away from those, even just to, to test and practice what that's like for you, is going to be a huge benefit to your life, and it's also going to be a huge lesson for your family. So let's transition into how it's been in Santa Barbara. Yeah. So we <laughs> left on uh, October 16th, 2021, the day after my dad's birthday. Fuck, what a long day. Um, <laughs> we had to pack up at Pacifica, mm-hmm. and packing up always tends to take like a couple hours, I think. Yeah. So we packed up and then we drove down to San Jose, parked in front of my family's house, kind of got everybody together who was around to be able to say goodbye to us. And we had lunch and that was when we said goodbye. And and that was, you know, everyone cried, everyone, everyone's crying. And yeah, that whole emotional exchange happened. And um, yeah. And then the drive there on forward was four or five hours. Yeah, it was around five hours. I think we only stopped once. Um, we had all the animals in the car f- maybe just the second time. So it was Ashley, two cats, and Porter all in the truck. Cats were roaming around. They had a good time after a little while. And, you know, they, they found their homes where they like to lay and sleep. And Porter was chill. Great dog in the in the car. And then we get closer. We were, we were pretty close to our final destination when we heard a big slap at some point, And we were like... What what is that? Yeah, <laughs> and we had no idea. We didn't stop driving. We just heard this big, loud noise. <laughs> <laughs> Never a good sign. Probably should <laughs> big, stop. Big loud noises. If you hear a loud noise. Yeah, and then uh, we end up getting to the the RV resort Rancho Oso uh, RV park, and this is in the mountains behind Santa Barbara, inland of Santa Barbara. And it is the mountains. You were driving on a very windy road. Narrow, windy road. And we were in, oh we were God. driving it in the dark. Oh, my God. First time I've actually driven the trailer in the dark, period, actually. <laughs> and, and on a narrow, windy road. This fucking road is hilarious. I should get a time lapse I, of the I, road. I remember, like, so the next day when we drove out of the park with just the truck, and we <laughs> actually saw in the daylight how narrow and windy this road was, I said to Tyler, I was like, how, like, how can you even... No, what what did I say at, when it was dark? I was like, can you even see what's happening back there? And you're like, nope. <laughs> and you're like, you're just taking as wide of a turn as you possibly can on this street, knowing that if other RVs can do it, you must be able to, too, and just trusting. I, I think if it was daytime and I would have seen how close I was to the edge of rocks or trees, it would have been much more stressful. Because yeah. I was just, like she said, taking as wide of turns as possible and hoping for the best. Because there was literally nothing else I could do. I mean, like, I can go as wide as I can. <laughs> I can't change anything else. I can't go backwards. This I'm not going to reverse my way out of this fucking And it's literally mess. a cliff edge. But yeah. anyway, so that was interesting. And then also just like... Finding a, a parking spot once we got in, in the dark was... wasn't too bad. We made that work. But really the, the big thing that's been a struggle... I mean, it is beautiful. 
It's yeah, a beautiful it's, it's RV an amazing, park. It's an amazing valley. There's um, a hor- it's a horse ranch. I mean, yeah, that's what it horses. originally was. However, because it is a valley, the cell service is crap. <sighs> and so, like, that's difficult for Tyler and I because we rely on cell service as our internet connection, and we rely on that, that to be able to do work. Yeah, to be able to do work. <laughs> so, um, basically, the very next day, we thought we were going to be able to chill and watch football and just enjoy not oh, doing God. anything. But instead, so bummed not to be able to watch football that next day. We had to go into town. We went to Best Buy. We bought a cell booster, and the thing with cell boosters is that it's not going to create an internet connection, but it will pull the signal from the closest cell tower closest to clo- closer to you, so that the signal's a little stronger. But if there isn't a close cell tower, like it can't just like make something up out of thin air. It's only going to boost what already exists. But yeah. um, either way, it was a good investment because we're traveling full time. It, it did actually help. It did mostly for Ashley's phone. Strangely, but there are some some interesting moments when my phone will connect to it and work. But that pretty much means that we can only, I I can't go on Instagram or any sort of internet, whatever on my phone apps or anything like that. I could pretty much only just send messages when that cell booster works for me. So when we have to do work that requires anything besides a basic text message or email, which is most of our stuff. Yeah. Well, we have to like get on like video chat for a lot of our stuff. Um, we have to either drive 35 minutes into Santa Barbara or we drive like 10 minutes out of the RV park and like on the edge of the cliff, like on this narrow windy road, you can kind of pull over and there's four bars of 4G or you can drive all the way to like a close like day campground. Anyways, the point is that we this is not going to be the, the last time that we run into this situation where we park somewhere that doesn't have cell service and so you know we invested in the booster that that's going to be helpful either way and you just have to modify like i said earlier where there's a will there's a way like okay if that means that we have to drive into an area with with service to be able to do work then that's just like what we're doing it is. right now and we're only here for three weeks so it's not like a something where we're like oh my god this is never gonna work it's like okay well we just this is how we have to do it for three weeks and um we'll see what the next place is like yeah i mean it's a great lesson yeah. like everything else it's obviously right? like, annoying but it's super inconvenient but yeah i mean the joke that you made the other day was we're going to write a book. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's the That's, book called? So I said, okay, <laughs> I said, we're going to write a book, and the title of the book is literally going to be, this book was written without cell service. Yeah, shit that and gets done without cell basically service. Basically, shit that gets, it's going to be all the stuff that you have time to do, because now you can't scroll on Instagram. Yeah, and believe me, that is a lot of stuff. Like, yeah. a lot of stuff gets done when you are not attached to your phone, which is great. Yeah, and... I think it's actually like a book we should legitimately try writing. I think it would be great. It would be, in general, inspiring to people of like, you know, get creative, like, you know, disconnect every once in a while and see what it is that you can get done. For me, the I can barely load an Instagram page, but like videos or something won't load. So like, I'm in the trailer and I try to load an Instagram video and it's like taking forever and then it's kind of annoying how long it's taking and then I like double look at the video I'm trying to load and I'm like, is this really important? Like, do I really need to struggle right now? get all annoyed that my that my Instagram isn't loading for this random freaking person like dancing and jiggling their butt no and so it just like you just reflect on these moments of like what is important and what isn't and and because we didn't have cell service you finally were able to like groom Porter which you've been talking about doing for weeks that's hilarious yeah I mean Ashley's been able to do some things on her computer where she didn't need service. And I also make product, which does not require internet connection, so, yeah, so I can get some stuff so done. So pretty much it's just me struggling over yeah. here, finding things to do during the day, because um, like like we talked about earlier, my my 
business was primarily face-to-face in person. So I'd be going to clients and training people uh, in person. So here, when I'm doing things on Zoom, you know, that's my work. And then the other things I'm trying to do is, you know, build my website or build online platforms to be able to offer things. So there's really not much that I can do as far as work goes um, without service or without people to be face to face with. And then, you know, I can like work out and do stuff like that. And, you know, I could do work on the trailer, but that, that doesn't make me feel safe in my livelihood. Like that's, that's not adding to my, my business or my income. But you can do that. You just have to drive to a place with signal. And basically like the lesson here is like traveling on it in a trailer. This is like not always exciting lifestyle. Like you literally have to dump your own shit and you also have to do uncomfortable things like drive 35 minutes to get a cell service so that you can work. And yeah. it's, it's... I'm digging this it's not co-work a, space. Yeah, so today we're cool. in a co paying for a co-working space. But um, basically, like, I feel like it's important for people to recognize the, the, the roadblocks that they put in their own way because there are so many people are, like that hear what we're doing and say, oh, my God, I'd love to do that, but I can't because of this, this, and this. Those are all legitimate reasons. I'm not saying that, like, the reasons why people can't do it is not like legit but that's that's a roadblock you're putting in your own way like if there is something that you really want to do you can make it a priority and if you if you if you don't actually want to do it enough then you're not going to make it a priority like I always said that when I was single and dating when I would talk to my girlfriends oh like you know they said that like they get whatever excuse they the guy gives and it's like listen they're, t- they're telling you that they're too busy. They don't have time to date right now. That just means that they just don't like you enough to make you a priority. Because if they liked you enough, they would shift things around to fit you in. If they liked you enough. Yeah, I mean, I think it's how much adversity are you willing to experience? How much of a challenge or a fight are you willing to put up when you do something difficult? That's it. Yeah. So, anywho, well, we did lose a window. We lost we a window. We did not mention that, and so that big noise that we referred yes. to earlier, yes. cycling back around to that big slapping noise. Uh, when we laid in bed that night, when we traveled down to Santa Barbara, Ashley and I are both laying there, and I say out loud, like, "Hey, I'm. I feel like I'm feeling a breeze run across my face right now. Do you feel that?" And she goes, "Yeah, I feel that as well." And she goes and checks the window to our bedroom, and there was the scream. It's Without dark. the window. It's dark, so you can't see. And so I was just, like, touching it, and I was like, there's no window. We the have, window is gone. We lost the window to our bedroom in the trailer. It's very strange because it's screwed in on hinges from the outside, mm. and it's all locked in place. So the fact that it fell off is wild. But the, anyways, just add it to the list. <laughs> add it to the list. There's a long list. Add it to it. Whatever. The... Uh, the confusion and mystery of the window loss has yet to be discovered or and determined. It may never be. But... Yeah. Um, to close it out because our time we like literally we have this phone booth for an hour and that's that's coming to a close Mm -hmm. we just wanted to basically give everyone an update on you know how the travel has been going for us and we want to be more regular in regards like on the journey doses podcast we 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 don't want to do just like conversations and interviews with others we want to do just you know shorter like episodes like this where we kind of check in and talk about our travels and and our experiences so you can definitely expect more content like this um and then there's definitely gonna be a lot more content like this in a video format when i finally get the youtube channel up and running working on that Mm -hmm. um so lots to come lots to come yeah um any final words 
Um, let's just plug ourselves a little bit. Yeah. Plug it out. Plug in, plug in. So I'll plug myself first. Great. Um, I'm just like the best trainer, coach, guy that you will ever come across. No, just kidding. Ego can't fit through the door. That was a joke, people. Fucking relax. <laughs> um, on the real, though, so I am offering, offering therapeutic fitness these days on Zoom. And therapeutic fitness is a unique combination of modalities that I've learned over the years. LDOA, DNS, FRC, all of which are meant to help rehabilitate and establish a strong foundation in your joints, your spine, your health overall. Um, it's a really quick class, just 45 minutes. The first class is free if you'd like to join it. And then there on forward, it's just $10 a class. You can find the link to that on my Calendly. It is www.calendly.com backslash Tyler Wayne Journeys. Just as you heard it, it's also very similar to my Instagram. It's exactly my Instagram handle. Uh, like I said, calendly.com backslash Tyler Wayne Journeys. Go check out that class there. I obviously have a lot of other offerings as well. If you're interested in working with me in any capacity, there's a lot of options there you can check out. Keep following the podcast. And then my girl, my home girl, my love, the love of my life, <laughs> my girl. future wife. <laughs> she got some shit to drop. I'm waiting on those sparkles. Um, <laughs> Anyways, yes. Okay, follow me on Instagram, Ashley Nicole Journeys. But follow me first. Sure. And my seven and better. That's where I'll talk about RV living, all the DIY renos, the travel. Um, Her reels are just on point. And then I have Dandy Dot Roots for my small handmade business. If you want to support me with a candle or skincare or some zero waste goods, everything I do is good for you, good for the environment. And I'm also starting one on one coaching for people who are at ground zero with an idea and they want to sell something they make and they're just trying to build that foundation. You don't have to be at ground zero. You can already have started but want to build that foundation a little stronger. And so that's a service-based offering through Dandy Roots that I've started and really excited about. And in general, just diversifying my income. If you're a wine drinker, hit me up about that. I'm a wine consultant for Scout and Cellar. And um, obviously just building the, uh, the RV living kind of platform. Um, and then hopefully we'll have the YouTube channel up soon. It's Journey Doses. You can subscribe. There's going to be a lot of ways to support us. So if you haven't checked it out, go to journeydoses.com and uh, sort through all the things. We will put all of that in the show notes. Super appreciative for everyone who stuck around and listened this long. And also we have a podcast guest next week named Julianne Vaccaro. She is a... Um, sexological embodiment coach and teacher she guides people in finding what their erotic blueprints are so if you're into sex sensuality (laughs) just steamy shit like she's gonna drop bombs on us next week i'm sure of it so please keep an eye out for that podcast coming out next week that'll be the week of the 28th or so that's like next thursday or something that's when we have the podcast uh recording so sometime around then And we'll be in Santa Barbara for another two and a half weeks or so. So if you're in this area or you have any unique ideas for us to check out while we're here, please send us some cool shit. On that note, thanks so much. Until next time. Journey Doses out.